Do you know what? Me and, me and Barry weren't here last weekend. Oh, crikey, didn't we miss it? Like, we, we just love being here. And just when I ask people um, to kind of get up and say hello, and I watch people, and I watch it that it's family. You know what I mean? It's like you go and speak to, well, if you, if you have a nice family, it's like when you go and speak to your family and your best friends. It's like people just belong here, isn't there? And one of the kind of like strap lines that we like to use is that you belong here. This is a place to belong. This is home. Um, I was really encouraged the other week where um, Chris McDonald, um, not been for some time. Sorry, Chris, I'm not calling you out. <laughs> he's actually walking to the front now. He's doing a, he's doing a lap of honor. Here he comes. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, he'd gone through some difficulties and he'd not been for a while, and, but he'd never been forgotten by the church, ever. People would ask about him and would still text him. And then three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I walked along the corridor and there stood Chris. And he said this to me, he said, um, he didn't even realize that we'd moved premises. And he went to the pyramid and obviously we weren't there. And then he remembered something about us being near Little and he found Little and then he saw mine and Barry's car up the side street. And so he came and he came in late and Tony went and hugged you, didn't he? And welcomed you. And he said, I've never needed a hug so much. And when Tony did that, he went, oh, I'm home, I'm home. But you know something, that's the heart of this church, that people would come and people would find home. How long have you been around church? And when I talk about church, obviously the church isn't the building, right? The church is the people. So I'm talking about belonging to a place like this that we call the church, that's life-giving, that's a place where you kind of feel, when I'm there, I found hope. It might be that... that today's your first day you've ever walked through the doors of a church that's actually life-giving and that's full of hope. It might be that you've been around a year. It might be that you've been in a church 20 years and just moved to Warrington, so you've just come to our church. But what kind of category do you fall into? We all know that Auntie Stella has been there since 14 years of age. And we're not going to say how old Auntie Stella is at all. Uh, she would not thank me for it. But that's many, many years. And in this church alone, from the moment it started, Auntie Stella found home. What is it for you? Is it a month? Is it a year? Is it three years? Ten years? Twenty years? For me, it's 35 years, which I found totally bizarre. Because I'm like, how can it be 35 years? Because I still think I'm only about 28. Um, but I've been around church for 35 years, and I've slept on people's knees. Let me clarify. <laughs> that isn't of recent years, okay? Like, that is like when I've been a toddler. I don't, like, lie on Fat Mon's lap if I get tired in the worship. That is, like, you know, way back. Um, but I've been, in, I've been in meetings where... I mean, we used to like, we used to have Friday night, Sunday morning and Sunday night when I was a little girl. And so when the like Friday night meetings were getting to 10 o'clock, I would just lie on people's knees and go to sleep. I have grown up with a, a house full of people because the church wasn't just the building, it was the people. And so my mum and dad opened their home up. We would just randomly get rings on the doorbell. Sometimes, I mean, this was years ago, sometimes, very often, Mum would leave the front door key in the, in the front door for people to let themselves in. You know, I mean, like, that's appalling, isn't it? Like, you wouldn't do it nowadays. But we had times, I think, 
the front door keeps probably went missing at times, maybe, Mum, because we had all different kinds of people in our world. But why? Because the church should be life-giving and the church should be a place of hope. Um, we've met people from all walks of life. And, and I'm not just on about now, the way the church is. My mum and dad, they built a church that embraced everybody, that embraced wherever they were at. You could have been the biggest businessman and been lost. You could have been a man on the street or a lady on the street and been lost. Whatever it was, this church, the heart of this church has always been a life-giving church that life and hope are given to people, whatever walk of life they're at. I've been sent to make new people feel welcome. You all know what that's like, don't you? When I kind of say to people, go and chat to that new person, make sure they feel welcome, right? Like from a little girl, I've had from my mum, go and speak to that, go and speak to that child. And you think, oh, mum, what am I going to say? And I'd be forced, and all through the years as a teenager, I'd be sent to talk to new people to make them feel welcome in church. And then about four years ago, I, I was saying that to somebody and I sat there and I went, I've become my mum. <laughs> I am her that sends people off to talk to new people. But why? Because we know how important belonging in church is. And if you don't know that yet, then I pray that today you would have an experience that realizes church is not a once a week event. Church is a place where people need to belong that goes beyond a Sunday as well. But what I'm going to talk about this morning is what do people find when they come on a Sunday? Because I've talked to people, um, I will just say this is all, we were married in the church, weren't we? Barry got saved in the church. Um, we brought our kids straight to church. I remember having the twins, we had Sophie at two and a half. And this isn't trying to say, oh, aren't we good? It's nothing like that. But what I'm saying is once you get a heart for the church, you can't stay away. And I remember Sophie had, had, uh, Sophie was two and a half. We'd have the twins. Uh, they were about five days old. And we were in church on the Sunday because the place we wanted to bring our kids to was the house of God. That was where the, we wanted them to be rooted more than anywhere. Because you see, everything else in this world is come a day, go away, go a day. Everything that can be shaken, everything can be moved. But Jesus Christ, he can never be shaken. And the place... The place that should be radiating Jesus is the church and is the house of God. So I've talked to many, many people over the years, more of recent years. I've just spotted that. Um, more of, of recent years about their experiences of church. Uh, people who've come here and have shared with us about experiences that they've had of church. Some people have walked into places and felt like they're walking into a club where they don't feel that they can fit. Um, churches, if we, you know, church, if we, we, we aren't aware of this and aren't cautious, me and Barry are always cautious that our church never becomes a club, that our church doors are always wide open for people to come in and find life and to find hope. The minute we start to become a club, then we ain't radiating Jesus because Jesus was open. Jesus was out there. Jesus was everybody come, everybody come, everybody's welcome. Some people have said that church for them was endured rather than enjoyed. 
Some people have said that they didn't find any joy in the church. Now, I'm not here to call other churches. Listen, we are responsible for this church and this church alone. What anybody else's vision is, what anybody else's call is, that's between them and God. We are responsible for this church. And so my word this morning, and I'm talking fast because I'm not the only preacher this morning. I have three other people preaching with me this morning. So I'm talking fast, trying to get out, leading up to what they are going to say. But here, here the thing is, we need to get the heart of the culture of this church. We all need it. When we took over the church, <clears throat> remember God speaking out of Isaiah 61, very well-known passage of scripture, but that doesn't mean you can switch off to me. It says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Me. So if you're reading that, you will read the words, me, which applies to you. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Let me tell you this. Do not get consumed in what's going on with your enemies. Right, that's not even on my notes, but I really feel to say that. If there are people against you and people are pulling you down and people are talking bad, don't get consumed by it. Leave them to God. You just focus on what God has called you to do. And God has called me and you to preach good news to the poor, to, to comfort the brokenhearted, to tell the captives they'll be released, the prisoners will be freed, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then it says this, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. This passage of scripture talks about the negative becoming the positive, the negative turning into the positive, and it's on me to proclaim the goodness. Often these scriptures are used with regard to evangelism. And, but I don't think that evangelism and, and gathering as the church can be split. Because, you see, when people walk through the doors of our church, I don't want people to walk through the doors of our church to sit and sing some songs and listen to a, uh, listen to a message. See, when I, people walk through the front of the doors, I want them to encounter people as they already do who, what's the word, exude? Is that the right word? I don't even know if that's right. Is that a good word? Is that a good word? The love of Jesus and the hope that is in him and the life that he gives. That's what I want people to find when they walk through the doors of our church. And I believe they do. I really believe they do. And you know how I know? Because people keep coming back. Because people keep coming back. The purpose and the heart and the culture of our church is that people will belong. And so we had a, when we took over, we had a, a mission statement and a vision statement. And we had these things. But there was something we wanted. We wanted a one-line vision that everybody could be a part of building. And not a three-page document and go, actually, if you want to be part of our welcome team, this is, no, we, we believe that the church, this church, Hope Church, it, we, are, we are all responsible for it. And so we were like, okay, God, this needs to be something that even the youngest child can get involved in, right to the oldest person, that it's not an exclusive vision. And, and this is what God gave us. You tell me you can't be a part of this. To make the church a place where people love to be. Yeah. 
I think that's an all-inclusive vision. To make the church a place where people love to be. Because you see, when people love to be somewhere, they stay. Even in the ups and downs of life, they feel safe. And they know that even when they might be going through a difficult time, they are on the way up because the people in this place tell them about Jesus. The people in this place tell them, hey, listen, at the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, everything changes. So they remain, they stay because this is where they'll have found Jesus. This is is where they'll have found hope. Psalm 84 verse 10. A single day in your courts, O God, is better than a thousand anywhere else. Like, I love the church, and I like make, I'm not going to make any apologies if I am right in your face about the church this morning, because the church is God's design. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and we are his body, and my head is no use if I didn't have this for the head to do something with. And so I think that verse where it says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I think that should be what people find on a Sunday morning when they walk through the doors of the church. Because Jesus was contagious. Jesus was, I don't know if this is the right word to use, but Jesus was addictive in that respect. People wanted, people were drawn to him. People, Jesus had to get in boats and go off places to get away from people because the people wouldn't leave him alone. Because his presence was all-consuming, his presence was contagious, that's where they wanted to be. And if the presence of Jesus is contagious, so should the church be. I don't come to church because I have to. I could have chucked a sickie this morning and none of you would have known. You'd all pray for me. (laughs) Any of us could not come. Any of us, why is Barry laughing at me? Any of, now, hey, if I'm ever ill, you're all going to think I'm chucked by Right, I don't do that. All right, I brought, Barry does. I don't. <laughs> he doesn't really. He's a very honourable man. No, seriously, he doesn't. You know why? Because we love the church. We don't love it because we lead it. We've always loved it. Because I was lost once, Barry was lost once, and because of the likes of Auntie Stella who have remained faithful, and because of the likes of Fred who's gone home to be with the Lord, who used to stand on the front door, and my kids, my twins, they were like two, would skip up the steps to see Fred. And I remember when Fred went home to be with the Lord, my kids were like, where's Fred? Where's Fred? Because you see, we didn't need to get to the preach to find hope because Fred on that door was a life giver. He was a life giver to every single person that walked up the steps of the church and we were lost. And because of people who got the heart of the church and was like, I am gonna be a carrier of the culture and I'm gonna be a keeper of the culture of this church and the culture of this church is to make a place where people love to be. You know, Jesus was a practical person I would say Jesus was spiritually deep, wouldn't you? I would say he kind of got it, yeah? I would say like with the Bible scholars, he was probably up there. You know, Jesus, he would speak to people about lost coins. 
He would speak to people about the seasons. He would speak to people about farming. He would speak in a way that would capture people so he could deliver truth. You know, when we gather on a Sunday morning, we, um, we make our, our, our messages very practical. We make our messages practical in a way that every single person in this room, whether you've been saved 50-something years or you've just walked in off the street and you've never encountered Jesus before, we preach that everybody can come to the table and eat, that everybody will, will be able to get what God is saying. Is that going on? Oh, I'm back. Because Jesus was practical. Jesus was practical. He made sure that when he spoke, everybody would be able to get what it was that was being said. And our Sunday mornings, we want to create a, a culture that Jesus had, a culture that was contagious, a culture a culture who wanted to be there because of his presence, a culture where people could come in and understand what was happening and find Jesus because he may have been practical and met them where they were at, but he delivered truth. He delivered truth, and the heart of this church is to be like Jesus and to deliver truth. In our practical ways, we must always lead people to truth. I know that every single person that gets upon this platform and speaks gives a prophetic word. I know the preparation and the time, every speaker both here and in witness, that they have been just with the Lord and receiving what the Spirit is saying to this church. So whenever you come to one of our meetings, whoever stands up here, you know that they are giving a, a, a message from God's own heart that is right for us at this season and is for your life. Because that's what Jesus did. He cut right in. He cut right in. And he gave the truth. And he met people where they were at. Let's turn our eyes to the screen for our next preacher. For those that may not know, um, that I worked with Becky. And six months before um, I actually walked through the doors of Hope Church, she had a dream that I would be coming to church. Um, and little did I know that she was praying for me, when, which is a miracle in itself because I was a bit of a prickly pear. When I got to Hope, I was pretty much a mess. Um, within five or ten minutes of arriving, I felt at home. I'd been picked up. Um, I'd been treated really nice. I'd been introduced to people. And I just felt home on the internet try to find something and um, I went to maybe a couple of churches and I found Hope Church and it was in a, a community centre in Orford and when I went there um, I didn't know anybody obviously but I got a nice warm welcome and I got greeted by people um, it was really good because the problems that ha I had or, or was going through at the time someone was there who had similar problems who'd been through and who could help me Church impacted my life. Um, well, it's just me coming to Hope, it's just changed my life. It's, it's just changed everything for me from where I am now to where I was two and a half years ago. I'm a different person, I'm different me, and 
two years I have the faith now, whereas two years ago I didn't. Um, I basically, after messaging Vicky, um, arrived on Hope Church's doorstep um, just to have a chat. And the time I walked through the doors and had that chat, saying, saying to them, I don't know if I believe in God, because I did when I was younger, but I'd basically spent the last 20 years of my life convincing myself that God didn't exist. Like a fit there. Um, from there, I went from knowing about Jesus to having a personal relationship, knowing the Holy Spirit and being impacted by that, by him speaking into my life. At that time, I really did need some sort of spiritual help. I felt like I was walking around, sleepwalking and not being alive really. Um, gradually, you know, I, I started to come out myself a little bit more. Um, I got a Costa coffee card, <laughs> I remember that. And, um, you know, I met Barry and Vicky and the church moved on to the Pyramid Par Hall. And I realized that I was in church, but I wasn't in church. And what I mean by that is that I was going to church but I wasn't participating as much as I could do. I was so broken that I didn't even know that I was broken because I couldn't see or allow myself to look at my brokenness. But God knew and God knew that I would like walking through those doors. He knew that I had a two and a half year journey to go through to get to where I am today and become a new person. He knew like all the people that I needed around me to build, build me up, to be there for me, to love me to pray with me, to work with me, to see things in me, to have faith in me, more faith than I had in myself. Because it just makes people feel like they're wanted. And if you're in a broken mess like I was, and you didn't know where to turn or people to lean on, then that is everything. Asked her, would you be on welcome? So I went on welcome, been on the car park duty. Um, you know, I, I, I do media for a living, so I got asked to do some media stuff. And I find that it's the more that I do to build church, the more um, God's grace falls. I mean, I don't do it for that reason. It's just that, that step of faith into doing something for the church was love, there was acceptance, there was grace, there was guidance, there was teaching. Um, basically, we've been thinking about this and like all of the qualities that I've just described there, the qualities that I saw in people, that the, quali the qualities that people interacted with me had, they gave me love, they gave me grace, um, they gave me patience, there was a lot of patience. and. I realized that those are the qualities that God has and he was actually using his people with God's qualities to work with me in my life. And so through those people that I encountered in the church, I could actually see God, I could see Jesus, and I could actually learn and see what God and who he actually was and what he was actually really like. And it wasn't the impression that I had. I've become deeper and deeper in God and knew him more and more each day and none of that would have been possible without people welcoming me, people making me feel at home, 
it's not just the preach that grabs you, it's the people. I didn't have my own vision. And I kept looking at the Bible verses every morning going, come on, God, when are you going to send me to outer Mongolia to be a, this preacher? Or when are you going to send me to Istanbul or Nigeria or India? Or, and I'm waiting for this pivotal moment for God to say, yes, David, I'll send you right now, you're ready. But I realised I didn't have a vision. So what I looked at is what the church vision was. Something in me that knew that God did exist. And I was looking for it again. Um, and so walking into hope and having that it was the, the blunt conversation with barry and vicky explaining exactly where i was exactly where i was at the fact that i didn't know the fact that i didn't even know where i was at was where i was at um and they were like that's fine that's fine um being able to do that was such a refreshing change it was it was huge because it gave me an opportunity to actually go down um, a road and a journey to actually find out what it was all about for myself. But it was that welcome and acceptance of actually where I was at at that very moment in time that allowed me to come back the next week and then the week after and the week after that. The feeling, feeling like you were welcome, feeling like you were loved made a big difference to me. Um, so by the time I got into the preach, I already knew that this is where I belonged and been there five years. Following the church vision, um, I realised today that if I can be responsible for some of the responsibilities church gives me, then God, will, it's like the coins when he debated the coins. And like you say, well, what have you done with the coins? If I invest in making more of them, God will invest in me. But I need to be responsible for what I've got. So that's why it helps me to come to church because I, I get I gain quite a lot out of it, but I also like to give. Me and Vicky joke about the the night that I messaged her. It was like late one Saturday night. I think she was up early the next day preaching or whatever, and Barry was telling her to go to bed. But she just knew that she had to message me back. And we joke about that night and because that was the starting point, that was the starting point for my journey. And it was like that first contact brought me to church. And then being in church, actually, the people and the environment, the life group that I was put in, you know, all these things are essential. Part of the media team now, and it's going to go from strength to strength. And I've come here to talk about this today in the hope that together we can build a church. The more of us there is, the greater amount we can do. So, yeah, if you're watching this and this resonates with you, or you might feel resistant to it like I was, the thing is, is just keep coming and, you know, help us build this church. Thank you. The people that God have put around me were the right people at the right time, providing me with everything that I needed to, one, become a new person, two, have a hope and a future, and three, have a faith in God. <laughs> She's not, you know, well, who's going to go, who's gonna see go first? <laughs> who's going to go first? <laughs> you go first if you want. Um... Okay. Are we rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. Yeah, okay. Go, go for it. Okay, so we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts because without you, we wouldn't be here in church today. So, anything you want to say, Rebecca? Yeah, I'd just like to thank everybody that served in the church that brought me closer to God and made my life so much better. And now I'm serving.
Thank you. And I want to say thank you as well. Um, there's been times where I actually left church for a bit, um, but um, I got brought back in. And I'm really glad people didn't give up on me and they know who they are. I don't need to say the names, but each and every one of you, one of you by making attendance coming to church uh, has kept me going. And, you know, I do see it as an extended family. So, yeah, thank you. I've got an idea. Go on. Go on. We thank you. Yeah. Okay, then. Go on. Okay. Go on. One, two, three. We thank you. We thank you. <laughs> do it again. Go on. We, we thank you. Faster, go on. We thank you. Again, again, go on, one more time. Go on. We thank you. Let's <laughs> do like. Do you want to go the other way? Go on, you do we. Right. We thank you. I don't know how to get a thank. Thank you. Thank you. All right, go on then. We thank you. Thank you. Go on then. We. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. Thank you. Right. right, one more time. You do the we then. Okay, we. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> you know, here's the thing two years ago, those three people didn't know each other. But yet they've got that bond and they've got that relationship. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. That they would stand in Bank Park in the freezing cold. And it was freezing cold the other day. Because they are so desperate to tell people what belonging to the church does. And what being involved in the church does. That David would trust me with his mega book camera to film it. Not that I'm trying to make it the Vicky show or anything, but I did film it, all right? <laughs> Basically, David set it up and went, watch the screen, and I was like, okay, that's filming to me. But how did that happen? Because of people who pointed them to truth. Where did they find those people? The minute they got out the car, and there was someone on the car park, the minute they got to the door and someone was like it's great to see you today and suddenly they were like actually no one else feels like that about me but it happened because of this place and the people that make up this place 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5 says this and you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple you know if we if we use the word brick okay I know it says stones but let's use the word brick Okay, the bricks, I was looking this up, not a builder. Bricks have two functions, okay? There is a responsibility on each brick to keep that house standing, yeah? No matter where it is, no matter where that stone is, there is a responsibility to keep that house standing so that people can live in it. So there's a responsibility for the structure, and there's a responsibility for creating a place that becomes home and where family is. But there's, there's something else and they have a decorative purpose. People pay a fortune to have a house that looks nice. Have you ever been to someone's house and they've had an extension done and the brick does not match the house at all, right? And I remember being somewhere once and going, I'd have paid extra to get the brick to match. 
You see, it's about the responsibility of the house being on each brick, but it's also, when I say a decorative purpose, what I mean is that it creates a lovely looking place. So when someone walks up to the front door and the person on the front door is frowning at them, that's not a decorative brick, is it? And I don't think Jesus used to frown at people when he was about to point them to truth. But when they walk up to the front door and someone's like, morning, lovely to see you. We have a, a reason to, I don't like the word decorative, but to be decorative as well because people are going to read our face. And when we are changed within, we are changed without on the outward And that's what we are being called to do at Hope Church. We are being called to make the church a place where people love to be. Let me ask you this question. Who is on your lost list? Now, a lost list, don't panic if you've not got one, because I didn't have one either before this. A lost list is where you may have five people who you're praying for. So if I was to, because I quickly thought, oh, well, better get a lost list. And there's people who are on my lost list who aren't walking with God, who haven't found Jesus. And I think about those people and I think, what kind of church would I want them to walk into? I know somebody very close to them. They don't live in the Northwest. And a few years ago, this person needed help. And I got a desperate phone call from them. And I love them dearly. I love them dearly. And I know many people were praying for this person, including myself. And I got this desperate phone call. And this person kept asking me to pray. You'll pray for me, won't you? You'll pray for me. You'll pray for me. And I spoke to them the next day. And I said, do you realize you kept asking me to pray for you? And they said, I do believe in God, but I don't think God could love me. So I talked to them about going to a church. But then I was in a quandary because I'm like, I don't know any churches in that area, so I don't know that I would be sending them to a place where they're going to find a life-giving church, a church where this person will be loved no matter what their life issues are, uh, people that will journey with them. But then I remembered in this area of one church, and I knew this church is sound. This church is sound. This church, I know they will love this person regardless, and I know they will lead them to Jesus because that's the ultimate we can be all looking great, but, but we need to be a church that are going to lead people to Jesus, yeah? So we're going to connect with them. We're going to, um, they're going to want to come back, but we're going to hit them with truth. And we're going to say to them, the only answer is Jesus. It's not about this place looking good. And so I knew this church would do that. So I, I asked this person, I said, do you want me to ring this church for you? And they said, yeah. So I rang this church and explained who I was and explained about this person and I said, can you help them? And they were like, absolutely. So this friend of mine went to the church, this must be about three or four years ago now, and through going to that church, and this person has told me how they were received at the church the minute they walked up, the way it made them feel, the way it made them feel safe the way it made them feel, it doesn't matter what I'm going through, doesn't matter my history, doesn't matter, I I know that here I'll be okay. And now three to four years on, that person's life has been completely transformed by the power of Jesus. That person has been set free from things that you would think are unimaginable, things that, that you would think are completely impossible. But why? Because of people who loved him enough to welcome him in. 
for people who was like, I'm all in with this place. I'm not going to become a day, go a day. I'm not going to be a once a week event based. Let's go to church and hear the preach. No, I'm going to be a carrier of the culture. I'm going to be a carrier of the one who, who, who plays my part. I'm going to be the living stone that is on the door. I'm going to be the living stone that is on the guitar. I'm going to be the living stone because together, together, church, are you with me? Together, we're going to create a church where people love to be and where people find Jesus and where people find hope. If you had a lost list, what kind of church would you want to send them to? Because I've had a very real experience of that. And I'm so thankful to that church and what they did in that person's life by welcoming them in. The church is God's idea. You are God's greatest idea to build this church. I am God's greatest idea to build this church. To encourage and lift the heavy hearts. To show the broken. No, 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 it's okay to tell those who are feeling trapped, in the name of Jesus, you are free. In this place, you will find freedom. In this place, you will be restored. In this place, you will find hope. 1 Corinthians says this, it's headed up this one body with many parts. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. You have a part. You belong here. David said something when he was speaking on the video and he said this, together we can build a church. Together we can build something for the kingdom of God. Together, together. But it's about what part do you play and what part do I play? It's not about whether it's the door. It's not about whether it's the preacher. Because I'll tell you something, by the time people come in, their hearts will have already been prepared by the wonderful, wonderful people that are greeting them, by the wonderful people who are making them drinks. You've seen testimonies this morning of the people who came and found Jesus and who are now serving in the church themselves because they want to give back. They want to make sure that they're the one that shows somebody hope. That they're So, you know, all of you who've been in the church before these people came, you were a part of this. And all of you who are in the church now, you're still a part of their journeys because you're encouraging them if you see them looking a bit sad or looking a bit down. You're their encouragement. You're their burden bearer. You're their heart lifter. You, you're the ones. Isn't it great that we're God's best idea at doing this? Isn't church, does this excite you? Because it excites me that we are the ones that have been chosen. Church is growing and you belong here. And we are life givers. Whatever role we play in this church, we are life givers. And Tony and a few people, the worship team can come and we're just going to have a song. And Tony and a few people are going to give each person a card and a pen. Can I have one of those cards, Tony, please? Okay. It says this, you can make a difference. And there's all different areas of church that you can get involved in serving. Now, you may already be involved in serving. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to tick it and put your name on it anyway. Because it's a rededication of saying, I am all in at building this church. I'm all in. Maybe you've never, ever, ever served in the church before. That's fine. But these cards 
These cards is about us all playing a part in building the culture, carrying the culture, and keeping the culture. Do you want to be part of a church where people love to be? Do you want to be the, the, the church where someone from London might say, oh, I know a church in Warrington. I know a church in Warrington that will accept you. Accept you. I'll just ring them up. I'll just ring them up, which is what I did to somebody. You know what the definition of a life giver is? And I believe that we are all life givers. Imparting or having the ability to impart life or vitality. Invigorating, vitalizing, life-giving love and praise. Each of us has the ability to impart life and vision. Are you going to join us in building the culture of this house? I hope you are. Because it's, it's, not, just, it's not just our house. It's his house and it's his kingdom. And every time somebody gets saved, we are populating heaven and we are pulling people from the clutches of the enemy. And when, when somebody sees Jesus on your, in, on your face on the door, you are pulling somebody from the clutches of the enemy. You are pulling somebody from the, the, the pit of hell. And you are saying to the enemy, you are not having them. You are not having them because this is the church of Jesus Christ. You are not having them. Hope Church, we are creating a place where people love to be because people in this place will find Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Amen.